Hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This has been... <laughs> Derek, where are you, man? <laughs> no, no, no. It, Craig... Derek Craig Tank. What? No, it's, it's me always... first? No, it's Craig yeah, it's always Craig, 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 Craig Tank. It's always you. It's Craig me? Derek Tank. What? No, it's Derek, then me, then Tank. No, no, no. We get, it's Derek, alphabetical Craig order. Tank. So it's Craig, then Derek, really? then Tank. Okay, we'll never cool. worry about this again because now it's always going to be Craig Derek Tank. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I got it. All right, let's, let's try that again. I thought that was a really great intro. Well, it was, but you it can was. replicate it. Hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This is Ben. I'm Craig. I'm Derek. And this is Tank. I'm tired. I'm really tired. Yeah. I was just I saying. Like, sorry, I was just saying to the guys. I don't think Ben was on at this point. Um, I'm doing the Thirty Sunrises project at the moment, filming Thirty Sunrises thirty days in a row just to give myself a bit of a personal challenge because I've been working in video for a while and wanted to make it fun again. And nice. It's a lot of 5 a.m. starts and then driving, finding locations and being out there for an hour or something, hour and a half at freezing cold times of day. But cool cool way to start the day, just very tiring. I'm 10 days into my 30 days, so. I'm tired too. Yeah. How cold is it? Uh, it's not that cold um, by your standards. It, mm-hmm. In the morning here, it's probably like 15 degrees Celsius. I don't know what Celsius. that is. Fahrenheit. <laughs> What's 15 Celsius? Quick, converter. How has Serbia been? Just add like 30 or so. Okay. 59 degrees. I was close. Yeah. 59 degrees Fahrenheit. So that that's like our morning temperature. And it's currently spring. So in winter, it would be more like, you know, it would be another 10 or 12 degrees colder. But... Anyway, how has Serbia been? Uh, yeah, I'm back from Serbia. Um, 3,000 people came to know the Lord. It was like Peter on Pentecost. No, just kidding. Not I really. was going to say. <laughs> we did, it wasn't dramatic. even an evangelism trip. No, it wasn't an evangelism trip. It was a discipleship trip. We were training leaders who uh, are going to go back to their uh, villages where they're like the only Christian and um, take the stuff we taught them and the stuff that they're learning this year and plant churches and evangelize people and disciple people. And it's going to be amazing. It was amazing. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so in the continuing saga of Derek fixes Wi-Fi problems at church, uh, last week I wasn't on, uh, the podcast because I was, uh, in my brother's, my younger brother's wedding. Um, good on you, Cameron. Welcome to Congratulations, the club. Cameron. Um, he's on our, also welcome slack. to the slack. Yes, he is on the slack. Although I hope he's not on it right now because he's still on his honeymoon. Um, so enjoy that honeymoon, brother. Um, but anyway, so Wi-Fi issues. So I decided that on Friday we were still setting up for Cameron's wedding. and But at that point, and I was off work so, so that I could help. But it, apparently everyone got pretty much everything set up on Thursday. So on Friday, I was like, well, I've got a bunch of time. I still need to fix these crazy Wi-Fi issues at church. Because something, because 
devices are popping off networks and and not being able to get back on and the internet gets interrupted randomly and it's, it's just awful. So I work all day on that. I end up making things worse somehow. I, I meant to to put in a new router, which is way over my head. Ubiquity routers are not easy to configure. I ended up screwing around with that for a while and and making things worse. And then uh, we we managed to suffer through Cameron's wedding because he had some things that he needed the Wi-Fi to work on, and some things went down. But they still got married. They had a great time, um, and all was well. So I finally Who needs Wi-Fi at a wedding anyway. Well, he was using Spotify for for uh, oh okay like yeah, reception music and stuff. Uh, yeah. I thought it would be all the uh, all the people with their iPhones and iPads, you know, leaning over into the aisle, taking photos and Instagramming them during the middle of the ceremony. And well, you need those too, kind of thing. Yeah. Speaking of that, have you guys seen that picture of the uh, the Pope's coronation? Like five years later, did he have his hat on? No. Also, I don't think <laughs> no, it's I'm a coronation. That's not the right way to say that, is it? Uh, order or commissioning? Ordination? I don't Coronation know. is like a king. He would already be ordained. So anyway, anointing. I. <laughs> so anyway, um, this week Derek is still trying to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, this is epic. So anyway, this <laughs> yeah. week um, I I finally get back there. I figure out that there's there's two access points that are causing me issues because I ended up putting them on auto channel. I didn't set them on a particular channel of one, six, or eleven because I figured they wouldn't do anything stupid. But apparently they were doing stupid things, and that was the issue this entire time the past few weeks. I don't know how it ended up working before that, but I must have bumped them into rechanneling, and then they were on a just interfering with everything so i turned them off and now everything appears to work so nice hopefully that sticks that's the that's great congratulations okay i found that picture um it is 2005 to 2013 the same event and you can see the difference in the pervasiveness of technology over that those like short seven years eight years whoa you see what i'm talking about yeah i see Everyone has a lit up screen, and someone's uh, trying to take a picture pretty. with an iPad. Someone needs to talk to that gentleman. It's an iPad mini. Lady. It's still an iPad. Well, but <laughs> that's cool. It's the camera you got on you. That's the most important, right? Something like that. That picture is why this podcast exists. <laughs> there is the one person on the bottom right of the picture, which nobody can see. Never mind. None of our listeners can see. It has a flip phone video. A flip phone. Yeah, I don't know how camera. to put pictures in our show notes yeah. yet. So <laughs> maybe one day. Just Google Pope technology picture. I'll link a let me Google that for you. Perfect. All right. Let's move into tech you should know. Because you know this week, seven things in seven minutes. Should I not do the countdown thing? No, it's good. Let's aim for it. You gotta have goals. Yeah. All right. What were you gonna say, Derek? You were gonna say you don't like. I it, think I'm you? in the minority here, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, starting for the bottom then. Adele's new album, Twenty Five, will not stream on any streaming services. That includes Apple Music and Spotify and all the other ones you can think of. 
This is important because Adele is apparently the world's most famous singer, which is unknown to us. I think that's true. I think that's (laughs) true. Someone check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. How would you even, what, just Google world's most famous singer? (laughs) Yeah, Wolfram Alpha. I'm going to do that right now. They have the stats. Okay, this is great radio. But anyway, keep going, Okay, number two, the Oxford Dictionary's word of the year is emoji. No, the word is not emoji. It is an emoji. A, yeah. Oh, 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 I totally it's misread that the first time. It's not time. even a word. It's an emoji. I misread that. Yeah. It's the laughing with the tears article, emoji. Mm-hmm. And I misread it when I just now read it on the show. <laughs> do you think That's that, really funny. Do you think that it's um it's the laughing with tears one because they're laughing at the fact that they're putting a picture as a word. <laughs> They're all like, uh, oh, people are stupid enough everybody. to go along with this. <laughs> okay, Oxford Dictionary rickrolled everyone. Yeah. I am now as upset about this as everyone else. I finally understand what the issue was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't even, can't even think of words anymore. We just have to think of emoji reactions to things instead. Well, it's a meaningful form of communication. I don't see a problem with it. Kind of the 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 Chinese Asian cultures do it all the time. They're they just have bigger pictures for their words. Mm-hmm. Every word is a picture. You Indeed, know? or every picture is a word. A picture's worth a thousand words. That's true. And a video is worth a thousand pictures. What? And if you watch a video sixty frames per <laughs> second, <laughs> that's a sixty thousand words per second in a video that's right all right number three <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 the end of that the end of that so if you're feeling stressed close your eyes because <laughs> <laughs> your brain's processing sixty thousand words a second so if you close your eyes then it'll no more words overload. no more words all right sorry that you was were a... going somewhere with that that i did not pick up on that was yeah. a good joke all right number three the Chrome bit turns any old monitor or TV into a computer for $85. Tank, tell me what this means. Okay, so it's like it looks like a flash drive, a little USB stick, but it's actually HDMI. And you plug it into your, uh, into your TV, and you now have a Linux machine. So it's basically that wow. flash drive is a Linux machine. And it has 2 gigs of RAM, 16 gigs of hard drive space, and it's... Oh, it's not Linux. It's Chrome OS. You just plug it in and it all works. You don't have to have a computer. Well, because you have a computer <laughs> on a flasher. Interesting. Oh, Google. Always doing things for so cheap. I imagine it maybe is Bluetooth. I don't know how you get a, a mouse and keyboard to hook into it. So maybe it's Bluetooth or something capable. I should hope so. But then I don't know how you select your Bluetooth device. I don't know. Number four, YouTube will pay legal fees for some people hit with questionable takedown requests. I don't know what this one means either. I don't I don't remember the specific examples, but I know what I've read about is, um, especially video game streamers, they're putting up uh, video games with their audio overplaying. Um, and it's being considered piracy because they're putting music up that's under a copyright law, law, like the video games music. And so they're getting shutdowns. Um, so those, and just oh, yeah. a bunch of random things, people are bringing things down for copyright, and then the person's like, that shouldn't, that's not right, why'd you take my video down? And so now YouTube is paying for the legal fee to fight whether that video should be allowed on YouTube or not. 
So it's like YouTube's helping out the streamers. Yeah, that's really nice. That's that's really great. All right, number whatever we're on. Google can now stream <laughs> apps to your phone. This is insane. And this only affects Android, by the way. When I first saw this, I was like, no way. How are they going to do that? But it's only Android, which makes perfect sense. The second to last tech you should know this week, RDO is shutting down. And they are shutting down actually today. is when, No, tomorrow is when they're beginning their shutdown. Uh, not when this publishes. Or actually, maybe the day this publishes. I don't know. Whenever Derek puts this out there. It's November 23rd. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason is um, Pandora bought them. No, that's not the reason. They no, weren't making they just, any money. They went bankrupt. And now Pandora's yeah. picking through the bones. Yes. Pandora can't hire the company because uh, you can't transfer... Uh, like RDO's music deals to Pandora because um, apparently that's a thing that you can't do. So they're just picking through RDO's engineers and developers and, um, you know, picking through the bones, as it were. I think this will be good for the industry and especially for Pandora. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think it's sad because I know there's a lot of people who loved RDO. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought RDO was pretty good. They were like the underdog of streaming services and they failed. So it's it's sad in a way. And finally this week, Microsoft turns 30. Woohoo. Happy birthday. Happy birthday Microsoft. That's pretty close to my 30th birthday. Is this the Verge wow. article? Yeah, they put together a really cool visual Windows history, which was neat, worth checking out. It's in the show notes. Did you guys all watch the video where that guy goes through each iteration of Windows over the last 30 years? No. I watched him a little bit. I watched them go through like three versions. Was it as interesting as people said it was? Uh, it would been interesting if it was just kind of snapshots to see the screens change. Yeah. Like, instead, but he was actually doing the complete installs, so I got bored. <laughs> or the complete upgrade. Yeah. That's not even a good experience to go through all those error messages and stuff mm-hmm. on the install. Insert floppy disk 7. Wait, there is no floppy disk 7, that kind of thing. <laughs> so if you have 37 hours to spare, you can go watch that. Wow. It's only 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Still. Has it sped up? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we wrap up, I have an update for the f- the first thing uh, that we had. Adele's new album. Yes. Adele is actually the second most popular female Who's artist. Who's the first? Rihanna. Really? <laughs> yeah, so the list goes, this is of 2015. The list goes Rihanna, Adele, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Shakira, which is a surprising entry at, at number five, Katy Perry. Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, uh, and Jennifer Lopez. Oh, sorry, that's only nine. Cheryl Cole is number ten. Cheryl yeah. Crow? Cole. Cole? Who is yeah. Cheryl Cole? I think she might be a country singer, but oh, right. I'm not 100% sure. Nope, she's from England. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so Rihanna, Adele, and Taylor Swift, top three. All right, that's all the tech you should know this week. This week on Tech You Should Use, we're going to be discussing, the, we're going to be talking about the Steam Link. Have any of you all ever heard of a Steam Link? I have not. This, no. this is the first time I've heard of it. Perfect. So, something that connects trains together or something? Close. <laughs> if you're playing a train video game. Have you ever, have you ever, you all know Steam, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Cool. Steam. So Steam, in case anybody doesn't know, 
which probably everybody does. You can buy video games on it. <laughs> is essentially it. Uh, and I don't they think make a bunch of crazy sales. Do it. I think some of our listeners don't know what Steam is, so you should it's very tell possible. Them. Okay, so it's a a company that sells video games, digital video game downloads. It's basically an app store for app store for games. Yeah. Yeah. Are they on Mac? Yes. Yep. Yep. There's Mac. They have a much smaller selection. They have much worse support for Mac, but you know, yeah, I'm not bitter. And by games, he means like full AAA titles, mm-hmm. not just uh, not just one dollar apps. But they're very notable for uh, selling their games at eighty percent off, ninety percent off. They have the Christmas sale, summer sale, and the games just go on sell for crazy prices. I remember my first introduction to that. I was in a college class, and I was like, "Oh, look on what's browse Steam because I'm bored," and it said, "This game seventy five percent off. This game eighty percent off." I was just stunned. But anyway, uh, since then I've been, I use Steam for most of my PC gaming. Uh, Anyway, now they released something called the Steam Link. And so Steam is for your PC, and everyone by now pretty much knows how to get their PC to connect to another monitor or to a TV. And you just HDMI cable, plug it in, usually connects right up. But if you're playing video games, that can be an annoyance because you have to get your laptop close to the TV, cables get in the way, you got your video game controllers to plug in, you might have to unplug your PlayStation, whatever. Um, so what the Steam Link does is it's basically a Chromecast for Steam. So you plug it into your TV, you turn on Steam on your computer, and then you uh, it has two USB ports. Uh, So you can plug in a controller or a mouse or a keyboard, whatever you need to. And it's also Bluetooth capable. So if you just connect to it to Bluetooth, then you control it. So your computer can be in your back room out of the way, your desktop computer that's super powerful. And then you can be in your family room with a 100-inch TV, um, like I'm sure everybody has, and playing video games in there. And all you need is this tiny $50 box that's hooked into your TV. You don't have to push your desktop all the way in there. And I've seen it used. Hundred inch TVs. (laughs) I don't know, but um, I don't have one. I'm considering getting one, although my they don't recommend you use it over Wi-Fi, and I don't know if I have support for um, not for direct line near my good TV. So I may not get one. But my friend has it, and we were using it, and it was just like we were playing on on his computer when we were two rooms away. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome if you use Steam, look into it. Do it. What would be the difference in, like, content, the games you can play, on a Steam Link versus, like, an Apple, the new Apple TV? Because I think we're about to get a new Apple TV. That's, Mm. it's a completely different thing. I mean, the Apple, Apple TV, I'm sorry, you asked Tank, but um, the Apple TV. (laughs) No, that's all right. App Store is not, well, the Apple TV in general is not meant to run triple a titles like i don't it's it's not going to have the hardware capability of like a ps4 or uh, an xbox one whereas the steam link uh probably can support So you're telling me the steam link games. plays games as good as ps4 games is that what you're saying well no the steam not. link is a chromecast so a chromecast right. cannot watch youtube videos right you have to have your pc do all the stuff for the youtube videos and then it just oh, says, here's the picture to show. It. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have gotcha. to have your desktop playing Call of Duty 17 or whatever. Okay. But then to see the video, you stream it over to your Steam link. This makes perfect sense. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I asked. Thank you. No problem. So yeah, that's uh that's it. I'm they also released a controller with it if you're interested. That's their own fancy controller that's supposed to work for PC games as well as games not meant for um not meant for controller sport but that's about it check it out if you're interested in gaming and you use steam and if you're interested in gaming and you don't use steam check out steam and that's a wrap on tech you should use All right, theology from the headlines. Let's see how this goes. This is going to be a catastrophe, but uh, here we go anyway. (laughs) What an intro. (laughs) Uh, The headline this week, Google co-founder Larry Page says he and Steve Jobs were both right despite disagreeing. Which sounds like something it's actually not like uh, when you read the article. So what does the article say? Well, I was hoping you would ask what it sounds like first. What does it sound like, Ben? <laughs> Usually web pages don't make sound. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The article says, uh, it talks about difference in business strategy between Google and Apple. Um, because, you know, historically, and I, I really think this has changed quite a bit recently, which maybe we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but historically, for sure, um, Apple's strategy, business strategy, was have just a few product segments, market segments, and have sort of the highest caliber, sometimes most expensive even, um, or, you know, higher end at least, products in that segment and just own that space. Just do whatever it is the best. So think of like the iPod. The iPod crushed the, the um, you know, MP3 player business back in the day. Um, or think of iPhone, which... I think has like 90 something percent of the smartphone industry. Um, you know, things like that. And they're all a lot higher end, higher, more expensive. Um, Google's strategy though, seems to be to let their ad business pay for everything and then just play around with as much stuff as they decide is interesting to them. (laughs) Um, no, not really. But basically, the difference is Google gets into a ton of different businesses. Um, so, you know, they're doing like self-driving cars right now, um, which is totally different from their original business, which was, like I said, just search and ads. Um, and so they, they're a lot more diversified. It sounds like there's a, a difference in terms of, uh, like just in terms of the reasoning behind that as well. Like, I can't speak for Apple, but it, it would seem to me that Steve Jobs saw a, a need or saw a niche, I guess, with turning the Walkman into the iPod and, and the portability of, of music, and that led to um, touch devices and tablets and smartphones and all that kind of thing. And obviously, they've kept their computer as, as a very simple, straightforward, easy-to-use system, um, whereas Google, like you said, is doing so many things. I was just reading in this article... Um, it says that Page said that part of why the company has its fingers in so many pies is that each time they hit a problem with an external supplier, they start wondering whether it has to be like that. He gave the example of a transformer that took a year to arrive. Why does it take a year? Why does it have to be shipped on a train car and then a special truck? Is that really the resolution? 
Um, and so it's, I guess it sounds to me like, whereas Apple was going, okay, here's a problem that we know exists. Let's work on a solution that's going to be the best possible thing for people to use for that that issue. So if it's if it's having portable music, they invented the iPod. Um, Google seems to be more like any any major problem they come across or any major need they see, they're willing to do some legwork in trying to find out if that's something that they can be a leader in or create improvement in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a the the point he's making is the difference in business strategy seems to have worked for both companies. I mean, obviously Google and Apple are the biggest tech companies in the world and they're the most lucrative uh, for sure, but they pursue they pursued that growth in totally different ways. And that's kind of what Larry Page is saying. Larry Page, by the way, for those who don't know, is one of the co-founders of Google, um, and he's the guy that's being quoted saying that they're both right, even though they disagree. Um, it sounds like, Craig, what you're saying is um, in supply chain, there's a term called vertical integration, where basically you go to someone, a third-party supplier for part of your supply chain, and you begin to... Um, get into those businesses and branch out from where you started to where you're beginning to be your own supply chain. Yeah, um, it does sound like that's part of the theory behind it. And I'm, and I'm ex, you know, extrapolating from that and, and projecting forward, I would imagine that what that means for Google is that they probably have more cases of things that they've started and tried to get off the ground and they didn't quite work out the way that they were intended to. Um, oh yeah, for and, sure. and obviously Google Plus, we would probably all agree, is maybe one of those <laughs> things. But, but I think the cool thing is, or one of the cool things. I mean, we look at Google Plus and kind of go, oh, it's you know, it didn't work out as being the next Facebook. Um, but at the same time, it seems like Google's okay with it. Like they haven't taken it down. They've left mm-hmm. it. They've they've adjusted it over time, which is fine. Um, but they've kind of gone, oh, okay, yep, didn't that wasn't really the best focus. So we'll do it, you know, we'll self-driving cars. What's next, kind of thing. So they 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 have these public, not failures, but public pivots, I guess, um, where they go, okay, yep, change direction, do something different, and that's okay. It's okay that the public knows that they tried Google Plus and it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be. Um, and it, you know, people don't lose respect for Google because they see that the the um, dedication to innovate is is as important to them as maybe in some ways as the um you know the definite success that can come from that yeah i um on that on google's mindset i've actually heard that they um that that's their culture if has anybody ever heard of google time yes yeah so that i think that's the right term for it um if I say something and I'm completely wrong, then sorry. But it's basically, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure people get Google's, it's like Google 20% time or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, their That's employees get 20% uh, yes. of their time to work on literally whatever they want to. Right. And I'm pretty sure Google owns whatever they work on, but it's like right. they just get the freedom to work on whatever they want. So if somebody makes something awesome, uh, Angular, for instance, the programming language, then then they're like, yeah, let's let's put this out there because <laughs> this can make us money. Why not? Um, right. And I, I would. I have never looked up what all came out of that twenty percent time, but I know that if you give your tons of employees freedom to work on whatever they want, and then you say, yeah, we'll put this out if it's awesome, then you're going to have your hand in a lot of markets. So it's cool that they do that. And also a quick side note: I looked up uh, market share in phones 
Yeah, 90% seems like a really high estimate. I found one that said Android was at 34% and iPhone is at 33%, but just wanted to comment that before anybody is like, 90%, they don't know tech. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Gmail Did and... Did I say that? I'm pretty sure know. you said they have 90% of the iPhones or 90% of the share. I could be wrong, but that's what I heard. Both Gmail Yikes. and AdSense apparently came out, of, came out of Google's 20% time uh, policy. Oh yeah, nice. so that's pretty cool. They're like Google uh, Gmail in particular is, is massive. So the fact that that came out of one person's, or presumably one per, one person's independent R and D, um, or or innovation time, I guess that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually like forty three and a half. Is iPhones think. is? Yeah, cool. I think I was just exaggerating for hyperbole's yeah. sake. <laughs> they have a good chunk. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I uh, think that, Google Times awesome. I would love to. <laughs> I'd love to be able to add a job that does that. Yeah, that concept comes. I think was popularized first by a company named Atlassian. Uh, oh yeah, and they the bucket. They, yeah, they have uh, what's called Atlassian Days, and I think it's like two or three days a year where you just get to spend all your time. It's like a weekend or like a couple of days uh, where you just get to spend all your time on a project and then at the end of that time you present your project to management and management decides every year um, one new like product or business they're going to branch into as a company from that from the employees like partnering up to do that that's cool which is pretty cool also i just found an article that says that um google's 20 percent time may not exist anymore but anyway uh, it was really? cool yeah, it was a 2013 article saying it's as good as dead. That whole initiative because basically that people can't afford to take one fifth of their working week um, mm. off of regular work to spend on other work. That That's is a sad. lot of work. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it at first, but yeah, when you think about it, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Four it's, days it's, on, one yeah, day off. one day a week, yeah. yeah. So, and if nothing, if something comes from that, I suppose they can justify it, but depending on the number of employees that are doing that and you know occasionally you get a gmail or a um what was that language you said tank angular angular yeah so occasionally you get something that you're like yeah this could really work and then a lot of other times you probably don't so i guess there is you know what's things. funny about angular tank what's that there's not a single google product today that is built on angular Really? It's like live. Yeah, I heard that at work uh, the week before I went to Serbia. Because we were talking about, we're probably going to have some Angular projects coming up uh, where I work, which is super exciting. um, Because I've been wanting an excuse to do that. Um, But yeah, we were talking about it. And like, you remember they released Go a couple years ago, the programming language. And they actually have built products on that. But Angular has not gotten that far yet, Hmm. believe it or not. Interesting. So anyway, side note for any of those devs out there that care about what we just said. <laughs> so where do we go from here? That is a good question. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what I thought the article was about when I and why I saved it. Okay. Uh, so we're going off topic now on purpose? Kind of. This is a bit of a jump. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I thought the article was about. Please do. I thought the article was about postmodernism running rampant again in our society um when i read the headline and that's why i saved it and then when we read the article preparing for this week we realized it was totally about something else um let's jump off into that then well yeah i mean the idea is uh you can be two people can be right about something when they disagree 
Which, like in this case, we all, you know, we're, we were saying earlier that, yeah, sure, they can be. It's business strategy and they're both successful. Great. But, you know, we can't say things like, God does exist, God doesn't exist. Oh, everyone's right. You know, that's like hyper postmodernism. We're failing at logic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Although a lot of I people think, don't see that for some reason because they they, they just yeah they they don't reduce it to its ac- absolute minimum of um well if everything is relative or if everyone can have the right opinion then or or if or if my opinion is my own and um not everyone else's not not everyone else should subscribe to it until they find their truth, well, is that opinion ultimate truth? Is you know, you get you run into the problem of where is your absolute authority? Yeah, and I think there's a, there's also a bit of a difference in terms of how how people go about it. Like Ben just gave the example of like the law of non contradiction or whatever. Like you can't say one thing is absolutely this and then it's absolutely not that, and they both be right. Um, so I think the example that I've heard Cy Tenbrook and Kate use is that my car can't be both in the car park and not in the car park at the same time. Um, and so I think that that makes total sense. I think the reason that, uh, you know, and so people would look at that and go, okay, clearly that's bizarre. It's not logical. Uh, but I think the reason that postmodernism is dangerous or, or is allowed to get to what we as people who are trying to be consistent Christians basing our worldview on, um, scripture and and using the bible as our as our final authority the reason that we look at postmodernism and go hmm that's you know that's not the best way of um approaching life is because it rather than just positing an opposite to what has traditionally been seen as truth it goes about it goes about being postmodern by asking questions so the process is questioning the current reality and saying but is it really that or could mm-hmm. it be this or is that really true or could it be this way instead? Could could that actually be false and we've just been thinking it was true? And if it was false, what would be the other options? And then so it opens up um, a, a question that leads to another question that leads to another question and then you've got different people's voices adding in their different opinions. Mm-hmm. But instead of, of necessarily seeking an answer to the original question, it snowballs into this malleable concept um, that's had so many different fingers in that pie that it no longer, it's, it's more like a Chinese whisper than an actual message of truth, if you know what I mean. Um, and as, so that's what I think is dangerous about it. Um, and, and I've had some, you know, when the emergent church sort of first started, I was, for, for example, I was like, oh, this is an interesting idea. They're trying to sort of do church differently and, and, um, and modernize it or whatever, you know. But then I was like, quickly realized that it was just, that you know wasn't it's not going to work long term because you you end up having to kind of just question a whole bunch of things that scripture gives us really definite answers on so people have been trying to do different church differently for 2000 years yeah that's right no i don't go to a church i go to a house church and all that kind of thing well house churches that's a little different well, they can be the same. It depends. What do you mean that it's a little different? I'm just kidding. I was just going to disagree with whatever you said. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just trying to be like... But are house churches really the way to go? Are, is church at all <laughs> really the way to go? Yeah, really... that's more the question. Is church, Do you really need to go to church to be a Christian? And people say, well, no. And, mm-hmm. then, <laughs> and then we would go, well, hang on, he- Hebrews 10, 25 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that 
What do you think about that, you guys? Like about that con- constant questioning. And the thing is, with the tech side, they have to do that. Like Google has to go. What if we could make a self-driving car? What you know? What problems would that solve? What we need to do to get there? Um, you know, is it possible? Is it going to work? They have to ask a whole heap of questions and answer each question in order to build something that is functional and helps their target audience. But in ter- if you start doing that with your theology. And what Google has to do is answer questions so they can build a product. Mm-hmm. I think. But what, to me, what people do talking about world two different categories different. of things. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. What people do with their worldview is different. People seem to, in a postmodern world, allow their worldview to run on questions without answers because people see the questioning and the adjustment, the constant adjustment of um, way of thinking as. Um, a solid, as solid a foundation as an actual ultimate reality or an actual ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. In yeah, in business, you have to keep questioning in order to figure out how to get the consumer to buy something. Or, well, in Google's case, a lot of the times, I'm sure they, I mean, they have enough money that they can, you know, be be frivolous with uh, finance. Well, not frivolous, but they can do a lot with. Uh, their money in order to attack different problems that they might might find um, that they want to solve. But, um, but in theology, that we already have all the answers. We're not looking for. We can't be. We're not looking for answers anymore when it comes to theology. Uh, all the, I said that a little bit weird. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> I'm confused. When it comes to theology, have the we have all the answers. Yeah, we have all the answers in the Bible. No, we, we have all the information. All the we have all the we information. Have all the information. Yes. Yeah. We have all the information. All the scripture is useful for teaching, uh, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness or something like that. Um, but, but you're not talking about that. You're talking about uh, scriptural sufficiency. Yes. You quoted that half that is about authority. The second half where... Due to the scriptures, I'm complete, ready for every good work. Talks about the sufficiency. Yes, yes that's right. Like Craig is saying, and it was a well-stated clarification, we have all the information. We don't have all the, the answers. We haven't figured out what everything means, and we won't, because that's only in the mind of God. Right. Um, but, you know, I guess God wanted to keep us busy for a couple thousand years, so... <laughs> that was a joke. There's always something um, to learn. Um, and not really yeah. us, not normal people, just the theologians. You but, had to keep them busy for a few But this is, what, this is what gets me, though. I've spoken to people, like, I, you know, I, and everyone who would have come across this at some stage, I think, if, you, if you've been around sort of evangelicalism um, and you get within that, you get a spectrum of people. You get people who are, like we, we talked about this last week, people who definitely know what they believe and they're definite on a whole range of different doctrines and they, they pretty much feel like they've got, their theology fairly solid um, and they're just kind of maybe tweaking a few things here and there and still studying a couple of issues. And then you've got people at the other end of the spectrum who are um, who are still, there's a whole bunch of things that are still up in the air for them and that they need to do a lot more study. Um, but I think... It's th- like people who have no absolutes and people who have only absolutes and yeah. both are problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like we want to be somewhere in the middle where the scripture is always correcting our thinking where we are always continually reforming such that we begin to have the mind of Christ even more. Because the fact of the matter is, we're wrong on things, and whenever we realize that, we need to change our beliefs. You're talking about balance, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think 
the the difference there, I agree with that, Ben, and the constantly reforming thing is is important. But I think the difference between constantly reforming and postmodernism, like I said, is an attitude of so when we're asking questions and we're doing study and all that kind of thing, is your attitude one that is asking questions or struggling with doubt, wrestling with doubt, whatever it is, um, and then asking questions with the hope of finding an answer? Or is it an attitude that is just comfortable with letting questions hang for the sake of um, yeah, of you're saying, chipping away yeah, 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 at your that's theology? great. Um, that's yeah, what you're saying me. if I can't, un- postmodernists would say if I can't understand it, it must not be true or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or or maybe so, like we- they'd have a real problem with Trinity. <laughs> yeah, but they also say maybe it doesn't need to be understood, mm-hmm. which I think is the bigger problem. So that they take a step back and go, we've got all these questions. Let's talk about our questions. But at the end of the day, if we don't find an answer or if all of our answers do end up becoming different, which would be relativism, um, then that's okay. And so, do you know what I mean? There's the hanging questions and and the the searching for an answer is kind of a secondary... Um, it's Some people almost look at that as like a weaker... That's for our weaker brothers. Like that, people who feel the need to fi- have their questions answered can do that. But some of us are just happy to ask the questions, like we're so free in our thinking. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's like a different, there's almost like a, a piety in postmodernism that says, um, I'm I'm so aware of truth that I can just kind of allow it to float and not to actually be grounded on something. To me, the problem with postmodernism is, like with all relativism, it is not grounded in anything. It has no... It has no grounded justification in reality, and it's self-cannibalizing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say all truth is relative except what I just said, that all truth is, is relative. Like, that doesn't... It, it literally destroys itself. It's just like liberalism. Change is good for the sake of change. Well, wait a minute. Is changing the changing being good good for the sake of change? <laughs> like, it just it's cannibalizes itself. Like, that's the problem. It's totally inconsistent, and eventually it will fight itself. Mm-hmm. Plus, no one wants to live that way. Well, people, yeah, people yeah, want no to talk that way. Live that way. People want to talk. It's internally that way, inconsistent that way. and externally inconsistent with reality. Yeah, I don't know if those are technical terms, but that's always how I've thought of it. Is like a worldview needs to be internally consistent with itself and externally consistent with reality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, postmodernism. We're not fans. <laughs> <laughs> it, it brings to mind where uh, the. Where um, Satan, where the serpent in the garden um, brought that very first question, qu- the questioning of of what God really said. Um, yeah, did God really say yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. It, it fits perfectly with the mindset of postmodernism, where you're not really you're you're trying to get away from what has been established. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that ask questions because they don't like the answers that already exist. And yeah, exactly so right. they're trying to find an excuse to um, reject God in in their worldview. Or it might even be that they don't like where the questions have come from. Right. They don't like certain types of authority. They don't like certain denominations. They don't like certain historical traditions. And so they buck the trend of those traditions um, in the hope of uh, maybe finding something else that seems just as valid to them. But I think, yeah, I think that's another... There's there's different levels of or different motivations I guess for it, but either way there's danger in it. Yeah, it could be that 
like what you guys have been saying for the last few minutes, or it could just be that everyone's suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. Boom. I think both of what <laughs> I think both of what Derek and I said fit into that category. Actually, yeah, I don't, I don't think the they're an either of suppressing the truth. Yeah, you're right. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a all encompassing umbrella. The fact that people <clears throat> well, suppress the truth. That really sucks. I wish everyone would just repent and trust Jesus. That would be nice. Seriously. Yeah. We'd all have everything in common. It'd be so sweet. Yeah, it'd be great. It'll kind of be like the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Do you alas, think... Genesis 3, sin. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a good example, which is why I'm asking you the questions. The answer may be no. But do you think as Christians... It's okay to ask questions, Tank. <laughs> I haven't been getting that vibe. <laughs> no, I want to know the answer, so it's different. <laughs> do you think it's possible to live functionally postmodern in certain aspects as far as our lordship to Christ? Um, or I said that wrong. As far as Christ being our Lord, and now we... Li- Living this life um, in like in a way that, in a postmodern sense, where we could be doing it, not like I mean, it would be sin, but not a life. I'm not saying, well, it's all, all these things really wrong, whatnot, because um, we know the authority of the Bible. But is it possible to say, I feel like I should be doing this, but did Jesus really say should I really be doing this? Like maybe he really meant this. And you just, you have a sense of the call that God has on your life, but you just, you just start putting these questions up. Well, am I really supposed to do this way? What if I'm actually harming the person rather than helping them? Uh, And so you just start asking all these questions that are really hard to answer. And the purpose being, now I don't have to do that thing (laughs) because I have all these questions I've put up as a wall. Can you guys think of an example of that? I don't know. I was just, whenever Derek said um, postmodernism is kind of like the snake in the garden, it started making me think, do we do, do we live out postmodernism functionally sometimes? And how does that look as Christians? I don't think asking questions is a bad thing. I think asking questions is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like Craig was saying, it's your motive for asking questions. You got to be willing like, to are find you just an using answer. Yes, are you just using asking questions to prolong finding the answer, which typically, especially in Christianity, the answer leads to obedience. Like when we understand what Jesus is saying and expecting of us, we have to then do that. Otherwise, we just have false faith. You know, we just have easy believism or, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, we have a real problem with Jesus being Lord over us on earth, Um, you know. That's not really what you were asking, though, I don't think. Well, it's, it's close to just examples of people, um, maybe ourselves or maybe just a fake example, whatever, of someone asking questions without actually wanting the answer. And so they're asking these questions as a wall. Um, mm. So maybe... So like uh, if you maybe... Sorry. Um, go for it. Could an example be that you feel called to the mission field in some capacity? But then you are constantly saying, "Oh, but um, did you uh, did is God saying to me really that I should go to the mission field, or maybe maybe the mission field is local rather than remote?" 
Um, and or he, like, where would I go if I went to the mission field? Yeah, and you, but you start using that as a reason for never coming to an answer of whether or not you should go somewhere mm-hmm. other than where you already are. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That kind of cycle of, I feel called to be a missionary, but I don't feel called to a particular country, so maybe I should just make my neighborhood my mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, and and stay open to it and keep questioning it, but not actually come to a solid answer. Would that be an example yeah. or not? Yeah, that's a good example. I think a lot of times we can like use use these questions. I don't know what God's calling me to do, therefore I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and be yeah. trying to, is he calling me to do go to Serbia or to Asia or to my friend next door? And oftentimes the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> you and honestly, prepare to go to honestly, Asia, so let's talk to my friend next door. <laughs> if you yeah, if you're struggling with that, please read the book "Just Do Something" by Kevin DeYoung. It it whacked me around the head quite a bit several years ago when I read it. Um, just in terms of decision making, like godly decision making, and um, you know he advocates seeking wise Christian counsel and all those kinds of things, but he also says um, that sometimes you need to just take a step forward and do something rather than, you know, asking God for another writing in the sky or audible voice or the fleece or whatever, um, (laughs) or or a dream or a talking donkey. Um, yeah, just, you know, God has given us initiative. He's given us brains to be able to think through, um, options and to, to make decisions. Um, and he does speak to us by his spirit and he does speak to us through other people. Uh, you know, the advice of, of wise Christian brothers and sisters and elders and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think if if you are struggling with that, but but it is something that I think all of us have a tendency to do at least at some stage in our walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think even... That's really funny because I was teaching on uh, First Thessalonians in Serbia last week, or this week, uh, and two passages which I taught on involved the phrase, this is the will of God for you. <laughs> One of which is your sanctification. You guys are familiar with this. One of which is your sanctification. And the other one is uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And scripture never says the will of God is that you go to Serbia or that you get this job or that you marry this person. And yet that's the way we think about the will of God. We're like, what's the will Mm -hmm. of God for my life? And this is what you're talking about. And uh, we have this paralysis that results from that because we're afraid of getting it wrong. Like if I don't walk through this specific door, then I won't be doing what God wants me to do. But like the actual biblical answer is, here's the will of God, be sanctified, live like Jesus, obey the Lord, like pray always, Um, you know, it's like he tells us what we're to be doing. It's a lot more about what we're doing where we are than where we should be going specifically. Although I also agree with Craig that, you know, obviously there are times in your life where it's very obvious that the Lord wants you to take X job or wants you to go to X country or whatever, and I'm not discounting that. But I think I think in terms of the Lordship of Christ, what we really should be thinking about more is how are we living where we are? And we can look at examples like Joseph, where he really blooms where he's planted in every horrible circumstance that he's put through. Mm-hmm. And that's really more what we should live like as Christians than trying to figure out which door to walk through at any given moment. And at the same time, realizing that Joseph there is is an incredible picture of Christ, um, like a foreshadowing of, of Christ coming and saving um, his people just like Joseph saved uh, the people of Egypt and the people surrounding um, Egypt. Um, and and knowing that we don't, the fact that we haven't maybe done everything that we should have done in our lives, we, we haven't done 
most things that we <laughs> should have done in our lives. Um, we're, we're terrible at doing good things, but because of Christ uh, and because of our faith in him, we are justified um, and we can take comfort in that, in the gospel. And, and use that as inspiration. Like now we, now we have been empowered, now that we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we've been empowered to go forth and uh, preach the gospel and uh, be sanctified. All right, let's move into Recos. Craig? Uh, I don't have the, I don't have one this week, so Derek. okay, that's fine. You don't have to have one every week, Derek. All right, uh, I have uh, for my recommendation Better Touch Tool. Um, it is a Mac application that allows you to customize the crap out of your uh, your um, trackpad. So I have the new Force Touch uh, trackpad that came with my iMac, and it allows you to customize like variations of taps like you know click with three fingers with the third thing with the with your right finger being harder and you can have that you know snap windows or do keyboard uh commands or all kinds of crazy stuff it it's insanely customizable almost to the point of being hard to get into but once you have a couple of recommendations then it is brilliant um that's the end of my reco (laughs) does anyone else have any recos or is that kind of it for just be the Derek Recco week? <laughs> ben, do you have a Recco? <laughs> no, I don't have no. one. I'll Recco something then. Um, I've, I just started the, a book. Uh, it's a series, but they're only slightly connected. It's called Discworld. Has anyone ever heard Discworld? I have. By no. Terry Pratchett. Yeah. I just started the first book, and it's pretty, uh, I'm like halfway into it now. It's really enjoyable. Um, if anyone's ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or knows much about it, it has that style of humor, but it's in a fantasy setting. So for those who have read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, read this one if you like fantasy settings. For those who have read this one, check out Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy if you want a sci-fi setting. And if you like humor <laughs> in stories and you haven't read either, both are great. So that's my reco. All right, if you would like to connect with done. us, you can jump in our Slack channel at slack.techreformation.com. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Tech Reformation and like our Facebook. You can just Google our Facebook page. And you can visit our website where we post all our episodes. You can leave a comment there or contact us through the contact form uh, at that techreformation.com. And lastly, you can email us at ask at techreformation.com. Questions, feedbacks, comments, concerns, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And hey, if you've been listening to us for a while now, and I know there are a couple of people out there who've been listening every single episode faithfully, they've joined our Slack, they're ready to donate already. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and we're not asking for donations. Um, if you would, uh, do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Um, if you will say a few words, put a few stars out there, um, and just kind of, you know, jump on there in iTunes. Hey, and also last week I found out that lots of people don't realize you can do that from your phone. If you have an iPhone and you just open the podcasts app and search for tech reformation, you can leave a review right there. You just go to the reviews tab and then click write a new review at the top. And then there you go. 
So you do not have to get on a computer to do that. But if you'll just leave us an iTunes review, a rate and review, that would be super helpful. And if you use Overcast, we just discovered this a couple weeks ago. We actually got on like the religion um, section of Twitter recommendations on Overcast, which was super cool, except we were beside Rob Bell. But we were beside the, report, the Reformed Pubcast, which was sweet. Um, but anyway, it's since disappeared because apparently you, you need to have a lot of, like at least six podcasts with enough recommendations for it to pop up that category. So here's what I want you to do. If you use Overcast, I want you to recommend our podcasts and go through your other favorite Christian podcasts and recommend them as well. So like go to your Record Marriage, your Reformed Pubcast, you know, all, all your favorite um, Christian podcasts and and let's get that section happening so that people can find some great uh, Christian programming. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening. This has been Tech Reformation. We'll see you next week. wearing pajama pants probably he's always wearing super mario pjs but it's like afternoon right yeah it's mm-hmm. 4 30 for us <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke though he's always wearing super mario pjs and it's a sunday what else would he be doing it's starting <laughs> sabbath <laughs>